Welcome once again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel. We are on lesson number six for Thursday, October 25. So, this is a really touching lesson. It really gets to the heart of um, the oneness issue. And I like this one sentence from today's lesson. It says, Christianity is a religion of relationships. I, I mean, you can say, you know, I thought about it or I kind of knew that. But when I read that, it just really struck me. Christianity is a religion of relationships, relationship with God and relationships with one another. Because of this restored relationship with God, now we can enjoy and thrive in relationships with one another. But, you know, what does that look like? How do, how do I know I have a divine modeled relationship, a relationship that is modeled by the way God has relationships and not by the way we necessarily have relationships down here. And I thought of some two major places, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. In the Old Testament, of course, the first one that came to mind was Genesis chapter 1, where God says, let us make man in our image. God didn't say, hey, I'm going to make man in my image. God spoke of a, a cooperative relationship in which what he, whatever he did, he did um, as a team in, in cooperation with the other Godhead members. So there is no room for the singular pronoun. It, it began with uh, us. It was, it's modeled in the, in the Lord's Prayer, you know, give us this day our daily bread, um, our Father. That's the very, very first word in the Lord's Prayer, our. So all the New Testament, it, it just highlights and it makes it very obvious that Christianity is a religion of relationships and more than that, you know, when, when I look at the New Testament in John chapter 16, you have Jesus saying that uh, the Holy Spirit would glorify him. And those passages, you know, sometimes I take for granted or I just bypass a beautiful lesson that it contains. When Jesus said these words, he was telling the disciples, I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to be with you. In, in just a little bit, I'm going to be gone and you will not see me again. And the disciples were very disheartened. And so Jesus says, but it's to your advantage because if I leave, then the Holy Spirit will come. And this is the, the precious thing. You never have competition between the Godhead as to who gets notoriety, who gets the focus, who gets the attention. And using, again, like I said before, my wife's a social worker and using some of the terminology that, you know, comes with her field, God does not have attention deficit disorder. We don't have a God that has ADD and not ADD in the sense of hyperactivity, but a God that needs attention. Um, it, you know, there are things that we do for the sake of attention, fashion, the way we dress, the way we carry ourselves, you know, the, 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 some of the things that become part of our, our, our commercial materialistic mindset is to draw attention to ourselves, the vehicles we, we buy, the houses we, you know, all those things. I, I understand why the Bible calls us to a, a religion of simplicity. Um, the ostentatious uh, attempt to draw attention to myself reveals things in my heart that really if we look at this religion of, of God, of Christianity, the, the, more thing, the more of the things that I do or embrace, 
that will bring attention to myself, that in itself will begin to hurt me, um, frustrate my desires for genuine relationships. You cannot have it both ways. Relationships, by definition, imply an interest in the other, imply the language of us, our, we. But the lifestyle of a self-centered uh, mindset is counter, um, it, it, it goes against that mindset, it goes against that grain. I was just reading the news two nights ago, and there's becoming a popular thing. It started in Asia, um, and then in the Middle East, and it's moving towards Europe and other parts of the world of very, very wealthy youth taking pictures of themselves as having fallen on the ground and having all their wealth spread around them. And it started when a very wealthy young lady uh, took a picture of herself as if she, as if she was falling out of her own private jet. She owns a private jet and she was like, oh, I'm falling out of my private jet. And so that picture spawned pictures of other individuals, you know, a young man falling out of a Maserati with, you know, cash. And there's another person falling out of his couch with about 20 different very expensive uh, phones, uh, iPhones, Android phones, and, and cash. <laughs> that is, look at me. Could you please notice me? Could you please take a look at me? And I, since I myself have no intrinsic value, look at the things I own and through them, look at me. You know, I, I saw those pictures and they, these individuals are completely blind and unaware of their great deficit of attention that they have. And they're trying to use their wealth to fill in that spot. Christianity is a religion of um, relationships and it begins with the realization I don't need to flaunt my wealth or my possessions or my intellect or any of those things for God to notice me. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, this is the kind of God I am. When a little bird, a little sparrow falls off the tree, I notice, I see that little bird. And if I notice that bird, how much more will I notice you? In Isaiah, God tells us that a mother may forget her baby that she's breastfeeding, which is, of course, you would think that would never happen. And God says, even if they were to forget, I'm not going to forget you. Um, so it, it, it reveals not just that, you know, God is a God of relationships. It reveals how that looks like. You and I do not need to flaunt ourselves and show our goodness or anything like that for God to notice us. But Satan wants you to live like that. Satan wants you to become obsessed and consumed with things that you will do ultimately for attention to yourself. The fashion, you know, the scandalous self-revealing fashions, the super tight clothing, the, the clothing that reveals body parts, all of that is our inner attempt in getting noticed and through getting noticed feeling valuable feeling worth and that is such a protective a healthy protective way of looking at christianity christianity protects you from falling into that trap like these very wealthy young individuals trying to see how many people like or share their photograph hoping it goes viral because hey now i have people looking at me you don't have to do that. God is already looking at you. He's already noticing you. And there's nothing that anyone could ever do to distract his attention from you. 
And when I become a participant of that kind of a relationship, that kind of love from God, it, it shatters my lim limited way of relating to other human beings in that I relate to other human beings because I notice them. You begin to notice those individuals that society overlooks and you begin to notice their value and their worth. So to me, this is a very beautiful and practical lesson in that the transformation that takes place in my heart, it becomes a tangible. I can now notice and see value in the poor, in those that have no resource, in those that they have no car to fall out of, they have no shoes, they have no clothing. And I just not, don't notice them, but within my heart, I begin to find a desire to put shoes on their feet, to put clothes on their back, to put food on their table, to be what we typically call a missionary. But you know what? You don't have to go overseas to find people with needs. You don't have to go overseas to find people that are ignored and completely bypassed by society, the wealthy and the powerful. You have individuals like the elderly in our church. The elderly, many of whom are widows or widowers that eat day after day breakfast by themselves, eat lunch by themselves. Those that are in nursing homes, away from family and loved ones, trying to establish friendships with individuals that are more interested in their televisions than in their roommate. A friend of mine named Jay Rosario told me recently that um, him and his wife Tiffany are, are planning for their retirement. And he, it, part of that planning involves Jay, through his wife, applying for Spanish citizenship. He wants to have dual citizenship between the U.S. and Spain. And I guess Spain and the U.S. are cool with that. And I asked him why. Um, why would you want to become a, a, a citizen of Spain? And he says, so that I can move there when I retire. And I thought maybe the, the climate, the weather, the food. And he said, no, none of that. He says, listen, Ariel, the United States is for the elderly, the nation of the lonely, the nation of the disconnected, the abandoned and forgotten. I don't want that. I've been to Spain and I see that in Spain, it is the country of relationships, conversations, in which still neighbors and communities speak and eat and spend time outside talking with one another. In his experience, at least, he did not meet any older person in Spain that was alone. And that's why he wants to retire there. He doesn't want to retire in a country that he perceives he will be an old person that will be by himself, by herself. So, you at Monroe, you at Oakwood, all of us. Do we notice these individuals? Are they in our radar screens? You can be a missionary. You can think about those individuals that society has forgotten because you are no longer infected with that virus of ADD, the attention deficit disorder. I need more attention. No, you don't. You have all the attention you could ever want from God your Father. And because that need is met, now you can go and meet the needs of others because Christianity is a religion of relationships.